Great, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Connor, and earlier, as you saw, I am the trainee here at All Saints Wandsworth. Um, so, well, I might just preach from my phone. That works as well. There we go. Um, so as Andy and myself and Linda said earlier, this is Commission Sunday, and today is a day where we retune ourselves to the importance of the good news of Jesus. And it is this good, good news that we spent the Christmas season talking about. So if you are new or newish today, I would like to extend a warm, very warm welcome to you. Um, and hopefully today you can see just a small glimpse of the importance of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life that it gives us. I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would write these words on our hearts. Father, take them and fashion them deep within us. Father, that they may guide the way we live and the way we speak about you and the way we love you and the way we love our neighbor. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So how often do you observe others? Uh, myself and the rest of my family pride ourselves uh, be, as being avid people watchers. Um, I don't really do it in a judgmental way, but I do it uh, to entertain myself in many ways. So now, is it your preoccupation to watch how others live and behave? How often do you think people are observing you? Do you think people are watching the way that you live? I hope the answer is yes. You see, Peter is writing this letter to a group of Christians who are being persecuted. And he's telling them to live in such a way that they can have the opportunity to give verbal testimony, to tell their persecutors about the hope of the good news of Jesus, to tell them about the hope of eternal life. And see, Peter is assuming that people will be watching how his persecuted brothers and sisters live. And in 1 Peter 3.15, he finally gives them the challenge that they need but this is also a challenge to us. And here's the challenge. And here's the one point of my entire passage, or my entire sermon. Our whole life is a witness to our hope. Our whole life is a witness to our hope. I'll now break up the bits of verse 15. So how does this witness begin? By revering Christ. Peter says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Now, I don't really like this translation, so here is what the NRSV says. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Sanctify him as Lord. Sanctify Jesus in your heart. Set Jesus Christ apart in your heart for a specific purpose. Now, what is this purpose? Not that he would just be a part of your life, 
but set him apart as supreme in your life. That he would be Lord of your life, not just a part of it, but all of it. So if you're a follower of Jesus, your body is no longer yours. Your life is no longer yours. Your thoughts are no longer yours. They all belong to God. And as such, Jesus is Lord of your life. He owns you. He is the master of your life. He's your whole life. Everything that you do, think, and say must conform with how Christ wants you to live. He is the supreme authority in your life, and you are held accountable to him. Now, all of us have some authority we report to. For me, I report directly to Andy. Um, for others, uh, maybe we have less people we report to. Maybe we have more people we report to. A couple of us are project managers with subordinates who work under you. Right? They work, the work that they do, whether good or bad, reflects on you. And that work, in turn, reflects on who you report to and ultimately the company you represent. You want those who work for you to do their work in such a way that meets your standards and the company's standards so that they reflect well on you and your work, but also the company. And right, if they work poorly, they reflect poorly on you as well. It's the same with Christ, is it not? He is the one we report to. Is he the Lord of your life? Christians are called to have their whole lives shaped by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Are you living in such a way that Christ is the Lord of your life? Your witness as a Christian starts with sanctifying him as Lord. It starts with living your life as if Jesus is right there beside you. And he's right here among us right now, watching and listening to everything you do think and say. As Sting has famously sung, every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Now, Sting is writing about a loved one, hopefully, but Jesus Jesus sees us the same way because he loves us. He doesn't watch us in a creepy way. He doesn't walk beside us in a creepy way. He does this because he loves us. He cares for us. He watches us because we belong to him and because he is the Lord of our lives. So our whole life is a witness, and it begins with sanctifying Christ as Lord. Our life should be so shaped by him that we must live according to how he tells us to live. Sanctifying Jesus as Lord in our hearts has the most organic expression in how we live. How we live is a testimony to Jesus as Lord in our life. And Jesus is not the only one that's watching. Peter continues by writing, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, Peter is writing to suffering Christians. He needs telling them to respond to their suffering in a way that catches the persecutors off guard. Living in a way 
that reveres Christ as Lord. He's telling them to respond to their suffering in such a way that people are drawn to them. What a challenge. I can't imagine what it would be like to resist all the anger, bitterness, resentment towards their persecutors. To say no. To say no to cursing their enemies and to bless them instead. To be insulted and not to hurl insults back. You can imagine some of their persecutors thinking, these Christian blokes, they're mad, they're mental. Now, here in the UK, we don't experience the level of persecution they did in the first century, but we're still called to the very same standard. We are called to live in such a way that gives a living testimony to our hope in Jesus. If we believe this to be true, and I hope we do as Christians, we don't just tell people about it. We live like we believe it. People are watching. People see and hear. The world will pounce on anything to slander the name of Jesus in the church. We know the stories. We've heard about them, and many of them have pushed people away from, from Christ and the church. But what about for us? Do we match up? The way we talk about our friends, what we say about them, how we say it, how we talk about our spouse, our children, our coworkers, our bosses, our clients, our extended family members, our in-laws, and how we treat all of them, how we talk about our neighbors and how we treat them, how we talk about our politicians and world leaders and how we treat them, how we talk about our brothers and sisters in the Lord and how we treat them. Total strangers as well. How do we spend our money? How do we use our free time? What media do we consume? Music, television, movies? How do we talk about the weather? You see, people notice these things, whether we realize it or not. No one except the Lord knows how we think, but often how we think manifests itself in the way we talk and behave. People are watching. There is an unspoken expectation in Western culture that Christians are still held to a higher standard, morally and ethically, than everyone else. Over the holiday, my stepbrother told me that he's seen many men and women at uni who claim to be Christians, but don't live like it. And I really couldn't give a proper response. It's so easy to be swayed. The devil waits to pounce on us at every opportunity. It is so hard to live as a Christian. It really is. Daily dying to your desires and living for God is so difficult. And I'm sure many of us can count how many times we fail to live for God. 
Christians are called to such a high standard and we fail to meet it every day. The church and Christians, myself included, have done so much evil to push people away from belief and faith in Jesus. We argue and bicker with each other over sometimes the most stupid stuff. But this failure provides yet another opportunity for us to live a magnetic Christian life, for us to draw others to Jesus. How quick are you to listen? How slow are we to anger? How quick are we to say sorry? How quick are we to forgive and seek reconciliation? How quick are we to be gracious? We can't judge the heart. How quick are we to extend mercy? How quick are we to confess our sins and faults with one another? Are we willing to let the world see these things so that we give a testimony to Jesus? How ready are you to show the world that we need Jesus just as much as them? How ready are we to show the world our repentance. And don't get anxious over how poor your verbal testimony might be when you get these opportunities. A simple response such as, because I love Jesus, is more than enough. The way you live your life will have brought them to that moment to ask. Your life has been testimony enough. God can use such a simple response and indeed, he has already softened their heart to the point where they are interested in the Christian faith. Our whole life is a witness to our hope. Are we willing to let people see all of it? Both the good and the ugly bits. Are we willing to let the world see? Are we willing to let them see how we live in obedience? but also in repentance when we don't meet that standard. Well, do we fear God or do we fear man? Peter continues, he said, but do this, do this with gentleness and respect. So it's another area where I think the translation of the NIV isn't as accurate as it could be. So I'm going to use the NRSV again. So the NRSV says, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Gentleness and reverence. So when we get these opportunities for us to defend the faith that we have, we are to do it with gentleness and reverence. Be gentle and loving, just as Jesus is. Remember, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He offered himself as a gift to sinners like you and me. This gift is eternal life. So don't force the hope of the gospel into them as if they're some mechanical machine. Remember that Jesus died for them too. You are talking to a person who is made in the image of God. Someone who is just as much a sinner as you are. Someone who needs the grace of Jesus just as much as you and me. You live your life 
with and among other image bearers. Respond to them and share the hope of eternal life in Jesus the way that you would want someone to share it with you. Remembering that Jesus died for them is incredibly important. We live and share the gospel with reverence. This same word is used at the end of verse 14 when Peter tells them to not fear their threats or be frightened. What does he do next at the beginning of verse 15? He says, but sanctify Christ in your hearts. That big but. Don't fear man, but do fear God. Jesus is the one whom you should fear. Jesus is the one whom you revere. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, he has redeemed you by his blood. And we are to live our lives and speak of Jesus as if this truly has happened. You are redeemed and Jesus has given you the privilege to participate in sharing the good news about himself. See, in the book of Acts, you read the apostles. They counted it great joy to suffer for the gospel. And Peter's encouraging his persecuted brothers and sisters to do the same. In many ways, we as Christians are unworthy of sharing the good news of Jesus, but he does delight in us. And we ought to delight in him just as much. And because he delights in us, he wants us to share that good news. It is not us who change the hearts of man. It is God. It is Jesus. Yet he uses our words and he uses our life. He uses the words of lowly servants like myself and like all of us to communicate the hope of eternal life. What a privilege have we been given. We mustn't waste it. When we don't share the hope of eternal life in Jesus, what is it that stops us? I think it's safe to say that it's the fear of man. But also, the fear of man can move us to not live or speak about this hope in the way that God wants. We want to feel loved. We want to be accepted and appreciated by the world. We want to feel that we belong, but our true belonging is in Jesus. And if you read on in verse 16, you find that Peter wants the persecutors, to be ashamed of their slander against the Christians. Brothers and sisters, this is a hard challenge. It's hard for us to meet this standard. Do you fear God or do you fear man? Will you be gentle? Will you respect the privilege you've been given by God or will you forsake it? Live and fear God so that people may be ashamed of their speech and conduct when they observe you. Our whole life is a witness to our hope in Jesus. People are watching. 
So let's show them both the good and the bad. Let's show them what it truly means to live for Jesus, to repent and believe the good news of the gospel and the good news of eternal life. Let's pray. Father, your word is forever true. Father, you call us to such a high standard. Lord, and we know we fail to meet it every day. Father, and we repent of our thoughts, our wicked thoughts. Father, we repent of our unrighteous behavior. Father, we repent for not loving you enough or loving our neighbor enough. Lord, have mercy upon us and extend us, extend unto us your grace to live faithfully for you, to live the way Jesus wants us to live. Father, help us not to be afraid of man. Help us to be afraid of you. Help us to fear you with holy passion. Holy Spirit, may you give us the power to do this. And may you give us the power to be honest in front of man and in front of God. Help us to live in a way that gives light to the glory of Jesus and help us to speak in a way that tells people about him. Father, may you guide us and may you keep us firmly in your hand. Father, use us however you will so that your kingdom may grow and that we may see the salvation of many. Pray this all in your son's name. Amen.